Welcome. To That Comic Smell Podcast. David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. Bumper issue tonight, boys, eh? Bumper issue! I brought some mince pies and leftover stuff that it's not for the kids. Well, it's some of it's meant to be for the kids, but we'll have it tonight. <laughs> I know. can't be having my kids' teeth falling out at too young an age. <laughs> Mine are already knackered, so it doesn't really matter. This is for, this is for the... For to say me, you, were, you were after Italian oh, comics sick. for reading your kids. So uh, ah. I, found, I found this in... Uh, is this the one that you had? Yeah, I, I knew I had it somewhere. And I went, I went, 1800 lira. Yeah. <coughs> You can have that and read it to them if you want. Oh, thank you. Look at that. Uh, a new universe one. Yeah, a new universe. Marvel New Year. That right? was the period when I would actually moved. I had to move to Italy then. Oh, and, um, okay. So I lived in Italy between 86 and 90. And, uh, wow. That was, did you say when that was And to think to that this was the 1989. The best the whole lot. Really? No, they were saying that. They, I've never read that, but they I were saying like, that DP7 yeah. was meant to be even I better. I don't think I read DP7. Oh, that was like the Star Brand. I had not... Star Brand and Mark oh, yeah. and. Yeah. Spitfire. People used to worry about Spitfire as well. Spitfire and the Troubleshooters. The other big red robot or something. Remember that? Remember my night mask? Greetings. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! How are you? Not too bad. Happy New Year! Yeah, Is that Happy still New Year. good or possibly? Carrot cake. Carrot cake. I was just saying the best ever political graphic novel, and I forgot to bring it in. It's hiding under my bed. All right. The story behind it is I spotted it in Asda, and I asked my mum to buy me it. I was quite young and a fan of a certain programme. She bought me it. Um, hours after me looking through it, she looked at it and saw there was lots of nudity, swearing and violence. And uh, she took it from me and hid it. I found it, being a kid, and hid it under my bed. And being never brought up the subject again. And it was none other than a spitting image graphic novel. Ah. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And uh, we'll have to bring it in now that I've... Uh, yeah, yeah, you will. I've mentioned it. But I, I brought in other things that are a combination of. Oh, do you have any of that chocolate tea? Yes, I do indeed. Right. See, see, this is a. I'll sit here. Can I sit here? Will you yeah, sit totally. Here? No, on you go. Right. Oh, is that just wild? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Has everyone got what they need? Mm-hmm. Here you are, 2017. I know, we go. Yeah, lot off. Lot we're off. Def- we're definitely off. Have you have a good Christmas, eh? Yeah. Very good, thank you very much. Nice. Yeah, very good. Nice, nice. Yeah, good. You obviously will enjoy our uh, single chicken drumstick extra. <laughs> Did you get the... Uh, 
in Star Wars. A little, yeah. a little yeah. seed for a little while. I saw it and I was, I was, I was hyped it again. As I said, I thought I'm gonna buy that. I was like, I, I had it in my hands. I was like, you gonna get take it? I was, I was thinking yeah. I'm gonna get this, and, and I was still thinking you just don't need it. You've got everything in it, and I was like stood there. I thought put it back. I just put it back. And even we had our own uh, discount last of the run store, mm -hmm. and I got um, a £78 book for £3. Hardback, recent published, that size, that width, mm. all about the birds of uh, South Africa. Right. Specialist though? Uh, no, we sold, we sold it. The, the volume, the book itself was specialist, mm. but... Uh, we sold all types of books. That's why they are the yeah. very. But we sold all know. types of books, including comics. Where was it? Uh, where I used to work, like bargain bookstores in London. Mm -hmm. Oh, right, okay. Mm. It's one of the reasons why it has so many books. <laughs> not bad, then. No, 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 I think not, not, no, no. Unless you don't have the room. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> We've now resolved setting some up in the, uh, in the loft area. The ones that won't fit out because we've just bought so many like new ones and whatnot. It's been like, right, take a purge, <coughs> put the ones away, put the ones the old in the ones jar, there's a couple under the beds, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, God, it's not. Blue ribbon. Is it blue ribbon? Mm -hmm. No, no, I've just had one, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyone remember one? Not the game show, but the well, that was three to one. Yeah, but the biscuit, yeah. yeah. I miss them. I don't know where you can do get them. Do not make them? I don't remember so. the advert. It was very memorable. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Five, Crunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, and that's it. You want to get it out of your head now. Mm -hmm. If you've seen it before. <laughs> 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 sing it all the time as a kid as well. Mm. issues in comics mm. Mm. is that a topic that we see nowadays there's plenty of stuff or not actually there is <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah always but yeah um so yeah politics and comics because i thought well this year we had a last past year we had a quite tumultuous political year mm -hmm. with brexit and it's still going on here uh, in Britain and with the general elections in the United States mm -hmm. and um, Trump winning the elections. So, 
quite controversially. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, politics is there. It's important. It's ruling our lives, whether we want to or not. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, it could be a quite interesting topic to talk about. Um, you can go from the most, perhaps obvious, comics or the known ones like Persepolis. What yeah. we're talking about here a uh, Iranian girl, woman, uh, growing in Iran, talking about a little bit of history prior uh, to her life and all the different political changes that affected her country and how affected her life and the life of her family as well. Mm. This is a, a must read for anyone. Persepolis, mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Gureta. Yeah. Gureta. Uh, I read the first half. Right. Yeah. Went to two halves. Yeah. Yeah. Read the first yeah. half. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> then I thought also V for Vendetta. Classic. A classic, certainly here in the UK and in the American market as well, but certainly in Britain it's a, it's a must, it's a classic written by Alan Moore and uh, artist by Dave Lloyd. And this is certainly a, a critique to the Thatcher government at that time. Well, and certainly any government. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. especially the Thatcher government, because that was the time that I was written. Yeah. And if you really remember the context of that time, then it resonates even more on you, that yeah. story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in any government as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the mask. Yeah, we yeah. saw the mask of Gary Fox, the character reappearing in the recent years. Yeah, the mask occupy kind of and protests are using this as a symbol for it. Which and I find slightly annoying <clears throat> now that it's kind of a broad kind Everyone. of brush. Oh, you're any kind of rebel. Or get the V from Vendetta mm-hmm. mask on. It's yeah. like... Well, a lot of people don't even know. It's exactly. the V from Vendetta mask. Yeah. Only the, the comic fans know it's yeah. the V from Vendetta yeah. mask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is that. That's another example of it. It still catches me by surprise sometimes, you know, when, yeah. when you see this on a news report or something. Yeah. And I think, what's happened? You know, it's like... Yeah. What's that? Is that happening in com- com- the comic? How long is a comic com- convention yeah, or something? Yeah. And yeah. then, oh, no, there's people protesting. It's like you've woken up in the future, but it's in the comic. That was that, that, was that 4chan and anonymous yeah. and everything that made yeah. that happen, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. On their, on their front, it worked because a lot of them were V for Vendetta fans and that was the point, was mm-hmm. that they were, they were using that as... as and that good for them, they used it as a symbol, yeah. a modern symbol of... Mm-hmm. But it's been taken. It's been taken, but now it's been taken perhaps now even beyond that. But yeah. never mind, never to say, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a good coffee novel to read. Oh yeah. Uh, it's still nowadays and yeah. I like the the fact that the one of the main plot lines is that a false flag has been perpetrated by the government. Yeah. And if only more people would realise how closer to truth that is exactly. in real life yeah. than it just being something that's portrayed <clears throat> in a comic. Yeah. Uh, exactly. We'd all be in a much better place because people would be asking serious questions. questions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, but it's a great book. Great oh, book. it's fantastic. Unfortunately, situation is yeah, people is, is not actually, it's not asking the questions and it's not giving the importance to politics they should be. Um, but but that is <clears throat> even portrayed in there. Yeah. How the media 
says something and everyone goes, oh, all right. All right, yeah, exactly. And kind of, yeah, totally. and it shouldn't be. You should ask questions, mm -hmm. not leave it to the press, not leave it to an any government to do the stuff for you. It's, you should be the one really to move that forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyway, that's that. Then I thought of, this is a, a comic series, perhaps not as well known as Before Data. it's Ex Machina by Brian K. Vaughan, uh, who oh, did yeah. Why the Last Man. Mm -hmm. And this is about, uh, this is an interesting portrait because it's science fiction. We have a guy who has a kind of a jetpack. That's, that's the only thing he has, a jetpack. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have superpowers, but he becomes a hero. He manages to save the second Twin Tower being destroyed. Ah, so it's set then. Right. And then later, in this alternative reality, uh, he becomes mayor of New York City. Major? Uh -huh. Major. The mayor, yeah. Oh, the mayor. The mayor of New York City. Uh -huh. So... In the series, during the comic series, there is flashbacks towards his origin as a hero and also you go through what he has to do just now as a mayor and also as a, as a hero. Um, there are social issues going on, there's um, class issues, racism, uh, people abusing the powers, you know, being a high position civil servant. There's, many things going on and it showed you that if you were to become someone like a governor or a major or or someone in a social position it's not as simple it's not as mm -hmm. black and white and mm -hmm. uh, you always have to uh, take a decision and that decision is not going to please everyone yeah. so it shows that as well there so it's quite interesting so it's not just a a critique, but also, well, the people who sometimes are in the government, you know, not all of them are bad. Yeah. Or they're trying their best, and unfortunately, their best is not going to please everyone. And, and even if you're trying to try to please as many people as you can, mm. there's always going to be people who's going to be unhappy. So there is that as well going on. But it's a, it's a big series, it's, it's about uh, 40 or nearly 50 issues, I can't remember. No, really. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot most more. of it set now, mm. and the backstory is, is just kind of there's flashbacks constantly. Bomb. Right. So you're breaking up. So it's quite good from that point of view. So that's quite interesting. That is. So it's, it's fifty or so issues, and then it stops. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he likes doing that, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Cave on. He's always got some. He's, he's always got an end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What else? Why, yeah, why, why the last man? Saga. Saga. All right. Yeah. Saga. So yeah, it's, it's quite good, so it's a kind of, you know, there's a 50 yeah. other issues or so, and then that's it, that's, it's finished, and... Did you collect it all? Yeah, I have all of it. Mm. I got so many issues, and the last of the collection in, in trades. Right. Uh, and it was good, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Nice. Then I thought also, oh, I haven't brought that, um, DMC by Brian Boot, um, which is another one that I recommend, that's published by DC via Vertigo, um, whereas the United States of America, some of the part of the states have a split. There is a sort of a civil war happening, mm -hmm. and 
being said, mainly covers the story, amongst other stories, but the story of this reporter who is left in the DMZ zone, or demilitarized zone, yeah. uh, and he's abandoned, essentially, essentially there, and he has to, you know, at the beginning, okay, we're, not, we're gonna have to, you know, do some journalism here, I'm gonna try to survive, uh, and then as the comic, as you read and as you go through the issues, you start to realize, wait a second, there's no goods here, there's no bad guys, good guys, this is just a complete mess, this is <laughs> what a war is, and a civil war is. Um, what the survivors in the area need to do in order to survive and keep going, you find bands of political people who try to take advantage of the situation, mm -hmm. you find military, you find corrupted people, you, you find all kinds of things going on there. So yeah, it's an interesting one. So that I recommend it as well. In the superheroes, these are not so obvious perhaps, but um, if you go into the Civil War, Marvel Civil War, which is talking about a disagreement <laughs> certain way of Captain America and Iron Man of whether every single superhero, every single person have powers or, or abilities should be registered or not. Mm -hmm. So here we are dealing And how did they stand just so that I know So you have Captain America had believes in the freedom. So he said no they shouldn't be registered. And, mm -hmm. and Tony Stark and Iron Man he believes that everyone should be registered. He's and a, they have the modern technologist, didn't he? And <laughs> both of them, they have their points. But if you if you read beyond that, there is you know there is more to it. If you look into whether we should all or no register, or whether mm -hmm. we should have a, a national identity card, or whether mm -hmm. or not to do with privacy, yeah. privacy mm -hmm. and personal liberties, policies, you know, yeah. is whether you are giving away this privacy and personally personal rights for the good of the state and the nation. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, how... You know, that's... It's a... It's a it's, well, that's know, the line that's always trotted out, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, well, that's reflecting the Marvel Universe. And I thought, well, you know, there is politics there as well. Yeah. If you live with the lines. And that's, you know... It's a different take to it. Yeah. But, you know, it's not as obvious, perhaps, as the other ones. But it is. I think it started out when the Hulk got into trouble, didn't he? Smashed up some neighbourhoods and people perished. That, you know, it started with Speedball and ah. uh, all the young superheroes, mm, they were doing sort of a reality TV programme mm -hmm. and they came across a supervillain uh, who explodes <laughs> and accidentally many civilians die, a part mm. of that team of superheroes so, yeah, died, 130 odd people died. School bus filled yeah, heads, school bus, yeah. yeah. yeah but so when they're then, smashing buildings up, saving people, collateral dies probably, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what they're covering, it? Yeah. But that is what you cover in there, you know, yeah. and then you go back and and in this comic, you know, you remember, well, what has been fighting, all this fighting, and, you know, it's been happening. They say that, isn't it? Don't they? Yeah. At one point, it's like, think of all the many places we've leveled, we've never actually saved anybody, we've just <laughs> caused more damage. Yeah. Than, than we've, mm. And it, that's, that's, that's Tony Stark's isn't point, right. and that's, right. uh, you know, that's how it gets into it. Echoes in yeah, films. Yeah. And then yeah. the, the film take it from there, yeah. yeah. 
That's always the difference as well. Where you know, there's there's obviously well, it's relating to like prejudice on real people. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking about it again now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all that. But it's it's always a bit crude when it's the superheroes because you know they literally will walk around and. I mean, they are a danger to society. You know, <laughs> exactly. I feel like it will exactly. just kill a millions of people. Yeah. yeah. So it's always a bit. I don't know because they do it with the X Men as well, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get registered as well, and, and they don't want it. And I remember Magneto was like, he's not having it because you know he's been through all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's been through the, the so concentration camps. Yeah. But I think talking about X Men, that was another one. I haven't brought the comic, but uh, it was a. Uh, God Loves Man Kills, the graphic oh, yeah. novel, mm -hmm. that is a big one. Yeah. Because we're talking about here is, you know, one, I remember one of the pages when the, the senator goes, and you call that a man? Mm -hmm. He's pointed, I think he's pointed to Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that thing has the same rights, you know, and we're talking about here of, you know, Xenophobia, racism, which yeah. you know, because you are different, because you have a different color mm -hmm. or whatever, you know. Not only was he a mutant, but he was also black. You're looking so that's that's a conversation I was having to Tommy says when you're looking at those comics that they were made in the 70s and in the 80s mm -hmm. yeah, by yeah, Marvel was a while ago, and, and, and DC. You're talking, we're talking about 30 odd years ago. But nowadays, you don't see superhero comics that resonates so much and they talk about these topics. Because now, I think there's a reason for that. Back then, when they were always on the verge of collapsing and trying to scrape sales here and there, they had more freedom. They weren't the big giants that they are now. Whereas now, they kind of... Well, yes, yes and no. They can't be too... The, the difference now they can't is... can't too much and they probably can't get involved Yeah, too Yes and no, because we have to no. remember, at that time, Marvel and DC sold 10 times more comics than they do now. Mm -hmm. I thought they were always on the verge of... Okay. Going under, weren't they? That came afterward when they couldn't sell, they couldn't make up the sales that a lot of collectors made. It, it turned out that they were making six times as many comics as they should because there was only a sixth of the people were genuine comic readers and it turned out that a lot of the others... Um, There's been many up and downs. Many of them were collectors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's been many up and downs, but right. I, I think now... Especially, I think, with the main two, with Marvel and DC, they are owned by big corporations. Exactly, yeah. yeah. DC mm. has been owned by Warner Brothers for, like, many, many years. Yeah. And now Disney owns mm. Marvel. Mm -hmm. So... The hands are tied. So, yeah. Hands are tied in the way they do it. All now, they, essentially, what they're what doing they want to in the vast majority of the series, the modern ones that they're doing, is try to make something where... Um, can produce a film or yeah. mm -hmm. just to do a rehash of the origin story because they're gonna make a film or a film is about to appear yeah and that's sad or no um <coughs> i've not read it isn't isn't miss marvel like a muslim character yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe they're still because they're things but they're, they're trying to be like positive 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're doing cool. that. I mean, they're doing Miss Viral with, which is a, it's a Muslim girl, mm -hmm. and then I think uh, in a couple of months it's gonna be Miss America, which is a Latino, it's mm -hmm. a Latino girl. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be so. It's it's, a lot, a long so, time. but we were saying, and, and we were having a conversation just before you were coming. Mm, Pardon me. <coughs> to what? To which point? To which point? If you bring in this, is is a token, or to which point actually this is the main thing? You know, is it not better perhaps to do a good story where these characters are in, or just concentrate and say, no, no, um, this is Miss America. She's Muslim. She's a girl. Yeah. And then that's it. Exactly. I personally think it should be the story. Well, and what about the depth of it? You know, not just. A, I, I understand it's important, but. I mean, as I was saying to Tom, I said, if you are to a certain level of culture uh, and you live your life, or even if you are drunk, but you have a spot to a certain level of culture, whether it's a she or a he, whether it's gay or lesbian, whether it's black or white, that shouldn't be news. That shouldn't be important. What is important is the story. What is yeah. important is whether you are reflecting or whether you like the story or not, whether or not the, the artists and the writers are doing their job to the best ca capacity, and I don't think they are in these cases. You don't think they are? No, but in the case no, because like in, 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 in the case like when they are by by DC. Marvel or DC, when you work independently, when you go into a place like Image or perhaps an independent comic, I think yeah, the artists and the are doing because there's no restrictions. But I think I don't know. It just seems very manufactured product to me. Yeah. But then it's going to be, isn't it? <clears throat> because when it's so overwhelmingly the other way all the time, any new character that isn't, you know, a white person will stand up. Yeah. And then you'll go, that's a token. But I mean, which other way were you going to do it? If there's none, you know, if it's all white, if it's 99% white. I, mean, I, I understand, but, sure. but change, it, change it for the create, sake of changing it. Creating something new, perhaps. Adding to the life. Marvel Comics, man, they, they don't create something new. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> but but, that, that's, Maybe that's, but that's, that's my point of it. I was saying, well, with Marvel and DC, it's going to be more difficult for them to portray that. Yes. Even if Marvel is owned by Disney. Yeah, and they want to be, kind of you know, bottleneck something into a, a pre-established mm. character, whereas something new, you have the freedom of... I think that's all right. It is, but if that's... You know, like when you go and see a Fantastic Four movie, uh, and then... Uh, Alicia's uh, a black character, and you go, oh, they changed that, you know. That, that, and then you could go, oh, that's just shoehorn, and then and that PC. But the fact is, there was nobody else in the entire movie. <laughs> you know, they're all white, so they've actually had to stick somebody in. I don't know. I don't know. What the People have been saying that about the Star Wars as well, haven't they? Because mm. you've got like a female character in the lead, and the black guy as well. So it's like, oh, that's tokenism. You have to be careful. You have to be careful whether it's token because it's a very fine line. Yeah, I don't understand where the line is. Well, that, that's that that where sometimes it sounds like the line is putting anybody in is token. Yeah, and then I go, well, what other way? You've got you've got to put somebody in. So, but the line is, if you have whoever the best actor. Or the best actor to, uh -huh. to portray that character. Yeah. 
yeah. whether it's black or white, man or woman, uh -huh. and that actually works great. Doesn't matter the origin, doesn't matter the accent, doesn't matter the color, sexual orientation, fine. But, yeah, but when that... when you get a black actor portraying a, a character that was traditionally white and suddenly perhaps it's not the best of the actors to do it, mm -hmm. then you have this line that mm -hmm. suddenly some people may see as a token. I don't think they should be shoehorned. I understand. I mean, I'm the first one for multi-ethnicity and to have all these varieties, but give them what is right, you know? I think, for example, there's in big, big characters in the Marvel Universe who are black and only TV recent have been used. Mm -hmm. And just there. We always had Luke Cage, mm -hmm. we had Black Panther, for example. Storm. You know, a storm. And they never had the role that they had in the comics in the 70s mm -hmm. and in the 80s. We're in 2017 now. And Falcon. Or Falcon, for example, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you're seeing in the field. A bit. You are seeing it there. Or, so you know, with War Machine or yeah. Rhodey in the Iron Man. <coughs> you're seeing it. It's coming there. <coughs> they didn't have to get another character and change it because it was mm. there. Mm. Give it the importance that that character... It was a black... You know, it was a black character. You know, I was surprised. I took so long to bring Black Panther. To me, Black mm -hmm. Panther was one of the main characters and it all should be there because yeah okay i know afro-american but i would imagine afro-american people reading the first appearance of, of black panther and he was a prince mm. of a country you know and the king of a country mm. and a technology guy and they kick ass mm -hmm. and he was kind of always living you know it's only till recently he's been in a film and blade yeah you he know and suddenly, yeah. you call the all these characters you know, they deserve more because, you know, and this is not tokenism. They are not tokens. Mm -hmm. They are characters who have good professionals, yeah. they have good series, they have good comics being portrayed, and they should be used. Fair mm -hmm. enough. But, you, know, it's, you know, sometimes it, it's when they start to change things just for the sake of changing, mm -hmm. it doesn't work for me, to be honest. Um, okay, there's people who complain when they did Himdal, and he was oh, suddenly yeah. in the films in Thor, Thor he's black. Yeah. Himdal. The, the god that guards the gateway to Asgard. Oh. Yeah. oh I thought he was great. Yeah. Exactly. He was the best actor for that point. Mm -hmm. I thought he was really good. And he was the yeah. best actor. I for assume it. he's white in In the yeah. comics he is, but in mythology they could change the colour. They could change their colour, they could change their gender, and they could change their species, so no one brings that up. Uh, yeah. Wait a second, you're making a big hoo-ha <laughs> because Heimdall now is black. You are talking about Scandinavian gods or extraterrestrial people from another dimension <laughs> who are the ones who inspire the Scandinavian mythology. <laughs> and we're talking about superheroes and people who fight <laughs> with a big hammer, etc., etc. But <laughs> you pointed out at me because I'm black. And also, in mythology, Heimdall had seven mothers. It was seven or nine mothers. Huh. Don't ask how. Oh, no one complains about that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult. Yeah, well, it could be a quagmire, can't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, 
So what is it based on? Whether the actor is, is good enough? <laughs> well, for example, no, yeah. Heimdall was good. That, yeah, you were okay with that one. Yeah, but then other ones. Well, I didn't feel, for example, to do the Fantastic Four. Yeah, and to put the actor they put for the Fantastic Four, it didn't work for me. It didn't work either. They put Jason Alba. Because oh. when they reached, no, oh my God. Didn't that not work for me. That was no, <laughs> no, it didn't work for me at all. They put Jessica Alba. She tends to work. Mm, wow, she does work. But <laughs> anyway, digress. <laughs> Superman Red Son. This is probably one of the best comics that Mark Miller has written. This is a kind is of a modern. Is that what's his face? Uh, the Glaswegian artist. Mm. What's his face? Uh, the, the, quite uh, quick, quick uh, with a Q. And this oh, is no, no, it's no, not, it's not Frank Quiet. No, it's not Frank Quiet. No. It's Dave Johnson. Um, in this one, imagine Superman, instead of growing up in the United States, in the USSR. Oh, so the, the thing lands in, in Russia? Yeah. So oh. It's an alternative <laughs> view right. to it. So very interesting. Uh, Mark Miller, so we know a little bit of Mark Miller, he's always been a proclaimed socialist here in Scotland, people know that. But certainly puts a lot of views uh, in this comic. And yeah. it's, it's actually really good. Don't do it it's, too bad for socialism. It's <laughs> really good. Yeah, exactly. Like pictures his comics. Exactly. Really. You know, that's like Chinese communism. Yeah, he's a huge capitalist <laughs> from that point. But never mind, that's something to talk about. It. Um, another one Ooh, of the classics. That's a big boy. Is <laughs> Green Lantern. Telephone. Green Lantern, yeah. Green Arrow. But they used to do spectacular. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and uh, this is by Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams. And in this collection, uh, they pair this unlikely odd couple, where you have a urban uh, hero like Green Arrow and a cosmic hero like Green Lantern. How is this going to work? Because mm -hmm. you think, well, this is not possible to work yeah. in any way. Um, so then goes to outer space. It's more kind of a road trip through <laughs> the United States, the America at that time. And they touch a lot of issues from drugs to social issues, xenophobia, racism, corruption. Uh, there's many, many things here. And it's still a superhero comedy and it's really enjoyable. And it's really, really well done. This is a classic. Mm -hmm. um, Early 70s? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Franco Red, around about 74 so or something like that. The arrow part doesn't spoil the lantern part. No. Not at all. So it's like a dialogue between the two, more or less. <coughs> is that kind of what uh, it's, it's it's Yeah, there's no, no always see eye to eye, right. both of them. And there's always up and downs as everything else. Uh, but it's very interesting how it's portraying a superhero comic. In the 70s, published by DC. I don't see DC publishing something like that nowadays yeah. with the main That's characters. The only people who were taking notice were comic readers. That's it. You know? So comic but, readers but, were being But again, again you said, but we're talking about when DC and Marvel, they sell, they sold millions of copies. Yeah, but it was only to avid comic readers. So it, it wasn't... Not back then. 
But then they were on sale in newsagents everywhere. Yeah. Any shops. Yeah, but it was only, it was viewed as, you know, the adults didn't really take notice of it. That's what I mean. So it was... It, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, if Marvel or DC wrote a particularly risque mm. story now, it'd get jumped on, wouldn't it? Yeah. Whereas then, it was like, no one was paying attention. Yeah. it was the but comic it, world. Yeah. This is a conversation I had with Dave years ago. Because uh-huh. we were talking and we were saying, oh, well, now the comic is back and it's getting big. And we were making a point that, like, well, it's, it's a better time for the comic. And I said, like mine. <laughs> from the point of view of graphic novels and to be exposed in bookshelves and from the cultural point of view that is respected, yes, mm-hmm. but as, as readers, as comic readers, we don't have yeah. that amount of comic readers. Then there was a big amount of comic readers, but we didn't have internet or mm. video yeah. games, other forms of entertainment. That was a form of entertainment yeah. comics that then at that time. It wasn't perhaps respected as an art, whereas now it's perhaps respected, yeah. mm-hmm. respected a little bit more as an art. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there is that we've gained the respect, but we are not half as many readers as then. Yeah. Is it good? Well, you know, it depends how, how it does work for you, but yeah. We're going to that, but yeah, that's important. For example, this is one of the pages from the book, and there's a discussion where um, Green Arrow and we landed at the end the city, and this old man, this American old man or Afro-American old man, a black guy, he says, "I've been reading about you, how you work for the Blue Skins," and he's talking about Hal Jordan with his Green Lantern. His bosses are blue. Oh, the blues. They are actually blue. Yeah, they are yeah. blue. What they call the, the, Guardian. the Guardians. The Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they are blue. They are, yeah, blue yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I've been reading about you, how you work for the blue skins, and how on a planet someplace you help out the orange skins, and you done considerably well for the purple skins. Mm. Only their skins you never bother with. The black skins, I want to know how come. Answer me that, Mr. Green Lantern. Mm. And then how Jordan says, I can't. So that is just three panels. That's fantastic. The, the famous three panels. The yeah, famous yeah, three panels. And it is yeah. just amazing. So this is... Have a candle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just... And we're talking about... There's many other issues going on. But this is... Uh, this is a really, really mm-hmm. big one. Yeah. And the last panel is from my pile is... Give Me Liberty by Frank Miller and Dave Gibbons. This is a comic that is often, I feel, forgotten when we're talking about Frank Miller comics or Dave Gibbon comics. Because we're talking about Frank Miller, I always say, oh, yeah, Frank Miller, Sin City, 300, uh, Batman, Dark Knight, Daredevil, you know. We always kind of forget about this. And with Dave Gibbons, we always think, oh, you know, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he's done all the many things. But this was, is a was really this good... before or after Watchmen? After. This is after Watchmen. Um, this is a, a huge critique on the politics and society of United States um, by Frank Miller. Uh, in this critique, we go over everything from social issues to the nanny state mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, 
War, defense, drugs, different political views, democracy. There's lots of things going on in this. A science fiction story, but some of the things are very blatant and very, very in your face. Others are more subtle, but it's something I recommend. It's really, really good. Right, mm. Okay. okay. Nice. Well, I've got a small selection with me. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of graphic novels, traditional graphic novels, and some actual political satire in here as well. Um, the first one I brought is Marvel's Siege. Some of you might know that when, after Ragnarok, Thor came back and he found all his uh, Asgardian uh, fellows and they set up a colony in Oklahoma. Uh, the police came, the local police, not the national police, a couple of hillbilly police came over uh, to have a word with Thor and saying that it's on US territory and Thor managed to elevate the entire te- uh, territory several metres off the ground, so it was no longer part of US jurisdiction. Was it not in US airspace? Uh, that's an iffy one. <laughs> There's a lot of iffy things that you don't argue with Thor about. Oh, okay. And there were moments when he found out about Tony Stark's involvement in Civil War and cloning a, a murderous, insane Thor clone. Mm. So uh, he did threaten Tony Stark and... Uh, especially with the threat of downing the aircrafts with bolts of thunder and lightning. Um, But that's on another volume. Um, But this is a siege. And you'll notice in the cover, there's a Norman Osborn here. He's a very successful politician, echoing Lex Luthor becoming President of the United States Mm -hmm. in a sort of interesting manner. Lex Luthor and Norman Osborn, businessmen becoming... uh, high up in the political world. Now, have I heard that, that before? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's another interesting thing here because Norman Osborn, of course, is the Green Goblin and he's talking to himself, the Green Goblin self, yeah. and he has a spin doctor, not the Green Goblin, but Loki, who's pretty much enjoying the uh, banter between the other villains. I mean, he, he's basically immune from attack from all of them, so he's sitting back with a big smirk on his face He's like a, an unelected spin doctor who's putting ideas into Norman Osborn and he's basically in control of the, the whole scenario until a point when one of the other characters, and I don't want to have any spoilers in here, but there is an evil uh, character in this who's stronger than even Loki. And during the Battle of Asgard, Thor must fight this uh, individual, but he can't do it alone. Asgard itself does fall and there's... Uh, Echoes of um, events that have happened in in the past, where there's a big cleanup, there's lots of casualties. A lot of main characters also end up getting killed. Um, spoiler alert: one of them is Ares, who's an who's uh, an Olympian god, who's almost as strong as as Thor is. So there's a lot of uh, political issues as in territory, and uh, again differences, mm-hmm. uh, lots of differences, even a little bit of jealousy, I think, because. In some of the, the newer Thor stories, there's a lot of contrast between the, the locals and the Asgardians. And there's funny moments when they're brought together in the community halls and you instantly spot who's who. Another one I brought... Bring them together in the beer Suicide Squad. <laughs> yes. That would have been a better community. This, this is the yes. original Suicide Squad. This yeah. is brilliant. 
And one of the stories here, and it's a, it's, tells you the story of the, the main lady. Well, you'll remember in the film, there was, uh, um, there was an African-American lady. Amanda um, Waller? Yes. She's, she is basically the main, she, in a way she's the main villain, or villainess. She's the main character, and this explains to you her rise in politics and how she, she had the idea of forming the Suicide Squad. But uh, the reason why I brought this up isn't because of uh, the politics of the character, it's because there's a story, um, A Mission to Moscow, in <laughs> which several of the Suicide Squad are sent into the USSR. And I have a suspicion that all of us were born in the Cold War era. Mm. Um, so it's a, a long story. It's about four or five issues long. So... Uh, <laughs> Oh, you can still be accepted he was, he if you want. In, I think. Roughly, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, this was written at the end of the Cold War, so it got this was, after the red. The there was the still end. there was still a Soviet Union when this story was uh, was released. So, as a group oh. of them go across there to to get um, another character, who in the end doesn't really want to go, but is forced along. They kind of botch a lot of their operations up. Uh, there's an interesting addition that none other than the penguin from Batman is also in here. He's actually interesting point is uh, he's actually the planner, but he's not trusted. And uh, the main one of the main characters, um, I forget his name, um, but he says, um, "I'd have more faith in the plan if the planner had a stake in it." Meaning, the penguin has to go along because. His life is at risk, so he's going to make the plan work. So he's basically right. the planner. But there's all sorts of issues. There's a moment when the Suicide Squad capture some hostages who are all American tourists. And the Penguin and Deadpool decide that the only way to sort them out is basically to kill them all. But, uh, of course, they're saved by uh, one of the other uh, founders who, who tries to hold them until the other lot can get away in time. It's, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but it's definitely... Worth a read if you guys. Did, did you read that at the time, Mike? No, I read it very recently. Right, yeah. I read it at the time. Yeah. I read it at the time. So what was it? I, late 80s again. Right. Mid 80s. Late 80s. Kind of. Late like 90s. They did a crossover with uh, Justice League. That's right, yes. And uh, that was late 80s. Late 80s, early 90s, <laughs> yeah. I read it for about 20 or 30 issues. Yeah. Mm. Um, and John O'Standard was the writer mm -hmm. and I always thought he was a good comic book writer for that sort of genre I always yeah. thought it was really good Luke mm. McDonald art he, he's yeah. alright isn't he he was he did right. Iron Man yeah I did mm. prefer him in Suicide Squad than Iron yeah. Man always did just dark scene but scene. yeah I always liked yeah. the idea they were expendable they were there was always the manipulation by Amanda Waller yeah. How you don't feel guilty if <laughs> these guys get killed yeah but, like but as the series no, was going along, you had your favorite guys in the Suicide Squad that you didn't want to see killed. And then that kind of made you, you know... Yeah. So was the was film a, uh, like this comic? Uh, very loosely. There wasn't very enough loosely. explained in the film. And Captain right. Boomerang is not as bad a villain in the film as he is in this book. He actually yeah. allows yeah. one of his colleagues to get killed. Guess what? He's white. Because mm -hmm. always being white, but some of the film is black. Ooh. But Bronsteiger, who is that? Did that work for you? No, no. because Bronsteiger, who is the co-leader of the Suicide Squad, never appeared, mm. and he's a black guy. Yeah. Right. So, so there you are. So the, the good character that 
So they had a black guy, and they never knew it. And he's not so much a villain, Bronze Tiger, in, in this. He, he's more like the hero, but he's there to keep the other guys in check. Bronze, he's like an so anti-hero. Bronze, so Bronze Tiger like is a, in the comics, as it was there, it was mm-hmm. a, a far more interesting character mm-hmm. than Deadshot. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a far more interesting, more, more depth. Yeah. There was a like backstory, there was something. In fact, it is Flag who tells the Penguin that he has more faith of the Because Deadshot was just a secondary villain. You appear maybe in a Batman comic here and there, that, that's it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess he makes a better action for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Suppose it's a matter of sale mm. stuff. Anyway, <laughs> next. Yes, yeah, so the next yeah. one is a very large uh, graphic novel about Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice there's a lot of different art styles. Uchi Anderson, yeah. Yep. I have to confess, I haven't read all this yet. Uh-huh. So, uh, I can't tell you. How close this is up to real life, mm-hmm. and I I find out lots of different facts about the character, uh, uh, about the living, yeah. well, the the former Martin Luther King. Um, Why is everything in there supposed to be strictly true, or nothing's embellished? I believe or so, but there have fiction. been because uh, a lot of uh, factual. Uh, films based on, on reality turn out to be completely different to reality. Mm. Um, I'm kind of hesitant until I get through the uh, uh, the story itself, but it's a very good way of showing how different styles of artwork can uh, can be used in all the same volume. I remember when that was coming out, he did like Hoji Anderson. He did issue one and two maybe, and then there was like years and years went by, and it was like, can you please finish this kind of thing? Well, here's one I have read. This is Constantine, the very first Constantine. Yes. And as you said previously, graphic novels being set during Thatcherite times. Nice. Yeah. A lot of the demons here are based on Thatcher yuppies. Uh-huh. Uh, it was much more political than the uh, than the film was. Yeah. The style is brilliant. In fact, Maggie Thatcher gets um, here we go. She gets portrayed in this on television in Hell. Hey. Uh, they're watching her. Um, uh, there's a lot of humour added in here. Lots of yuppies. Um, brilliant quotes. Fantastic quotes, I think. Um, the main yuppie uh, is an enormous bloated demon who Constantine has to uh, do a seance to get to see him because he's running from other yuppie demons who he's just vandalised their property and they're chasing him throughout London to get vengeance on him. <laughs> I, I love the I love the humour. There's a, there's a good bit when he summons uh, Blathox, uh, Bladder of Bile, and all of a sudden... Uh, one of his uh, one of his assistants comes up, mm-hmm. and Constantine says, "Who the hell are you? I called for Lord of Flatulence, not one of his discharges." <laughs> <laughs> there are so good. many <laughs> brilliant things in this graphic novel. Uh, there's also uh, uh, references to war, mm-hmm. uh, and to uh, interestingly enough, uh, my favourite Constantine character is a demon called Nergal. Uh, when he makes um, a real proper appearance, there's uh, even a, a reference to the NHS when he says, I know the health service is in bad shape, but recruiting demon doctors must be an all-time low when he wakes up and sees this by his uh, hospital oh, bed. Yeah. 
there's, uh, there's also bits about racism and homophobia in here, which demons love. They try and encourage it. Uh, there's also football violence as well. There's a group of four skinheads and Constantine manages to beat them because Nergal merges them into one horrific human with four heads. Two of the heads support Arsenal and two of the heads support Chelsea. So his way of beating them is to get two of them to fight each other. And because they're on the same body, they just pummel each other senseless. Oh, he merges the four. <laughs> yeah. Hooligans together. And, and um, it's also one of those uh, comics where one of the main characters is a voodoo doctor, mm. a real villain called Papa Midnight. But when the film came out, Papa Midnight, Papa Midnight turned out to be more of a hero. Mm. He, he was nowhere near as sinister as yeah. what he is in there. Yeah. And here he has no hesitation about sacrificing his, uh, his friends. This is Papa Midnight. Yeah. He's very intimidating and will happily kill you if you are in his way or if you are in his way of... Amusement. Mm. Another one here is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where, like the Suicide Squad, they get a group of extraordinary heroes and get them to do missions. Uh, one of the main reasons I chose this is because one of the supporting characters, who's not, who's often forgotten, is a minister for the government called Campion Bond, who is James Bond's grandfather. Uh, um, this is him here, the rather overweight guy. Um, He's safely on the sidelines. He can do almost anything he wants. And the other characters are the ones that are taking all the, the hits. Mm -hmm. I brought the first one along. I've got the second one along where, yeah, near the end of it, and this is a spoiler alert, the uh, Martians come over and Campion Bond and some scientists, uh, well, namely Dr. Miro, mm -hmm have devised uh, something that can destroy Martians. They've, they've hit Martians with all they can. Uh, nuclear bomb, well not nuclear but all sorts of bombs. Uh, nothing can beat them. And then Dr. Moreau gives uh, a canister. Campion Bond and the government give the word to use it. And it completely destroys them. And it turns out to be a mixture of various uh, bacterias and anthrax and destroys the Martians and Campion Bond in his government way says officially the germs killed off the Martians and then he said what about the people that the germs have killed and we'll say yep the Martians killed them <laughs> so it was a Victorian cover-up yeah oh good yeah. that's mm. Have you not said that? I have, I yeah. have, but I'd forgotten that <laughs> kind of intricacy. So weird, yeah, mm. it's like in one time yeah. or Now, when we talk about politics and cartoons, we often think of this. I brought along Private Eyes and Cartoon History, and it is mm. full of uh, cartoons, mm. uh, real political ones where they're making fun of uh, politics and politicians. Oh, yep, notorious one. at St. Maggie's. Mm. <laughs> There's some really funny She's cartoons in here. Yeah. Well, she was gold to comedians at the time. And old. anyone else. Yep. Yeah. So I'll mm. pop that there. Uh, another style of graphic novel, uh, another political one. Uh, this was uh, a series of, uh, of uh, sort of graphic novels, um, uh, introduction to subjects. And this is about Malcolm X. And you open it up and you see uh, he uses graphics to uh, emphasise... A lot of the things that happen. Sometimes it's photos that have been retouched. Other times it's uh, merging different photos in with each other with uh, original art. Uh, a lot of uh, political 
themed. It does look a bit like him. A lot of political themed uh, uh, pictures alongside quotes and um, various comments. Uh, these books are still on sale in, in the shops, um, but this was one of the first ones I came across, and I've had this since uh, about 1994, mm -hmm. 95. And it, it really it's gets you looking at the this. period that it was published. Yeah. Um, but as for Malcolm X himself, uh, he died in 1965, so yeah. his life's basically covered, although. Uh, in recent documentaries, they ask, what would he have made of today? Which is uh, quite an interesting uh, thing. But on a more light-hearted note, this is an Is No Good novel. Good. And uh, they made a cartoon series of him. It's by, uh, isn't the same guy who did Tintin? Or Asterix. I think the same guy who did Asterix, oh, yeah. I think. Gossini. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've never seen anything else that they've done. I thought that that was their life work, Asterix. Oh, this is, this is actually quite no. funny, but this is politics in a different way. This is the main character is a villain. And uh, in, in, uh, in the cartoon, they decided to make it there's no good wanted to be the sultan okay. instead of the sultan. the sultan. <laughs> Whereas in here, he wants that. to be the caliph instead of the, the caliph. caliph. Yeah. But they decided for that, it's a little bit too controversial because that's a religious figure. So they didn't want him taking over a religious thing, so they made it the Sultan's a little bit better. But his position as Grand Vizier, that's basically Prime Minister. So he's quite high up without having to uh, interfere with uh, anyone else. Um, but he's, he's trying all these nasty tricks so he can get one up, so he can make his way up in politics. He's a ruthless, rotten little character, but he's really funny. And in this one, he's, uh, he's trying to get this lady to... Uh, uh, shall we say, entice the uh, Caliph and uh, get his uh, make, get his way up into power. You know, we'll look at that one later. It's very good. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and, Gossi, um, is the writer. He's the same writer as Asterix. Uh, yeah. And Tabari is the artist. But it's, it's really good. It's not good. Because I remember reading there's no good stories in Spain. And in Spain they say the Caliph. Yeah. The Califa. And it always would go wrong. He would try always. everything so hard and it always come back to the first point. Always. always. <laughs> this is translating as well. Yep. Euro books. There are several different ones of uh, It's No Good. He never made as many as uh, some of the other ones, um, but they are really enjoyable. And the cartoon series is good as well. You, you, you actually end up supporting a character who is basically there to be hated. Well, yeah, but that's the the story. Is he's so funny, but mm -hmm. and fails <laughs> by default. He, he fails incredibly. That's good as well. That's you can resonate with that, mm. can't you? Well, just and the name itself is no good. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the last one on my list, and I did bring along plenty of uh, private eye issues for you guys to look at. But the last one on. Uh, on the list is uh, Batman Earth One, and politics-wise, Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, is uh, trying to become the mayor. So he's he's in an election. He's trying to run for the mayor. Um, his opponent, however, um, I shall quote. Um, I read up on your opponent. Sounds like a questionable character, and it's uh, none other than. Uh, uh, mayor Cobblepot, because he does become mayor by killing Thomas Wayne, getting rid of his main rival. Now, this is very similar to the Gotham series, 
but it's uh, it's done a lot more, I'd say, a lot more realistically than Gotham has been portrayed. Uh, Batman gets hurt. Batman's not the professional he is. His suit is not good enough. Alfred is there to help him, and there's tension between the two because Alfred is a, a former war hero, and uh, this he finds out that the young man he's looking after is trying to become a vigilante, um, even though he could lay back sit on his fortune, maybe even try to become mayor himself. And there's even a fight, fist fight, between the two in this yeah. novel. Um, the, the, the penguin at the end, his uh, activities are found out. I don't really want to spoil too much for you guys, so I'm not going to say too much of what happens at the end. But um, it's the fact that you've got a, again, you've got a real villain, much more nastier than is no good. He becomes the mayor, he becomes powerful, Politically, he's very strong, and the people he killed, uh, even though the person he killed was a really rich and powerful person, he just swept them aside. He's never been punished for it. And then there's a confrontation between him and Batman at the end. And, of course, Batman is... is he's an amateur Batman. Um, the Penguin pulls out an umbrella, and the first thing Batman says is, you're going to stop me with a... And before he can finish his sentence, he's been impaled by an umbrella. Uh, and his suit is not bulletproof or anything like that. There is gen he's genuinely been impaled. Um, impaled? Yes, with a very long spike uh, with lots of uh, blood. He does, well, that's what he, pulls out, he does pull out the umbrella and starts to beat Batman uh, senseless, but I'm not saying anything else. Um, uh, it's quite, quite heavy because some of his employees are murderers and killers themselves. Uh, but they're being paid for by Cobblepot's uh, mayor salary. So basically, they're civil servants themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it is actually quite uh, quite brutal. Uh, there is a sequel in which the Riddler is the main antagonist, and he turns out to be a former employee of uh, Mayor Cobblepot. Mm -hmm. I've not read the, uh, the sequel, but a lot of this is uh, the political scene of the run-up to uh, the mayor elections. So in a way, yes, it's uh, another poetics, mm. graphic novel. And Thomas Wayne is alive. Yes, but not not until uh, Cobblepot gets to him. Mm. Although there are revelations in there that Cobblepot is not the only one, so what there's a mystery at the, the end. Yes. There, there's a scene, uh, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> a scene where uh, <laughs> uh, I think they'll get edited out, possibly. Sorry. Um... There's uh, we find out that Cobblepot's not the only player in town who's capable of murdering uh, candidates for, for mayoral elections. He's just the most prominent. Mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of plot twists in there. Mm. So that's my list. Cheers. Very good. Very good. Amazing. Have a look at any ones you want to peek at. I think if it comes to politics, we've got to mention Pat Mills. I was half tempted to bring my Judge Dredd along. Uh -huh. Have you thinking of Charlie's War? Oh, yeah. It's a very political film. Yeah, we'll get to this first one. Yeah, we've got a lot. I agree with you on that one, yeah. Castro and Che. I'm not going to say much else because everybody just needs to Ooh, go they? read them. 
<laughs> yeah, these really strange. Okay. I think they're like superheroes. I don't know. Right, they know. Yeah. Oh, they are just like disguise. Okay. No, I think there's. A, I don't. I don't think a lot of people really know. What Castrol did for Cuba. I don't think a lot of people know a lot about Castro. Castro right. stop. Yeah, because he's more of the. He he's more of the. The icon, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, people are. The good looking. More inclined to read up on and and That's what. Mm. Drew me the whole, the whole picture in general was yeah. his, his imagery, to eventually actually go out and seek it out and find out what what was behind all of it. It's uh, it's all very interesting. I, I like to, I like to see where they came from and everything as well. It's a it's a big influence on what made them who they are kind of thing, and it's it's. Um, I think everybody would definitely benefit from reading Castro and uh, and Che. There's loads of different ones of of Che. Though. This is just the one by uh, Spain Rodriguez. Ah, Spiegelman one likes it though, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I think this is the best one though. I've I bet. Get read a couple of different ones. I think this is the best, the best representation and the best summation. Um, because only it's not really that big. When you when you look at it yeah. compared to Castro, yeah, and okay, shorter life, yes, but at the same point, could easily be yeah just as thick, yeah. That's the Castro cover. What year's cover? Is the origin or a cover still up to? Uh, no, admittedly, I've only read. Uh, there's like a middle. Covers still now. I've read, but I'm pretty sure it covers. Yeah, it covers still now. It covers right up until now. So that's the thing, our Castro, he is at as a revolutionary, mm. you know, a communist, but end up as a dictator. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he went from one extreme to the other. Mm. Mm. So there you are. If you want to... Is that interesting? Yeah. If you want to see a film of early Che Guevara, I would recommend The Motorcycle Diaries. Yes. Yes. Mm. It's a really good film, actually. Mm. I would also recommend the two-part Benicio del Toro's Che. I haven't read. I haven't seen that one yet. That I is, want to watch it. That's yeah. utterly incredible. Mm. Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of a. It kind of follows on sort of directly after. Motorcycle Diaries. Mm. If you watch Motorcycle Diaries mm-hmm. and then watch that, it's yeah. just it's like watching a three parter. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, and the only other one I was going to mention was the one we. Spoke about four, which was March. March, oh yes, March. Senator John Lewis is March. Who? John Lewis. Don't worry, I thought of the department store yeah. first. It's not the department I'm store. Not. The end of the UK, no. Is this about. Is this about. It's amazing. Not Oklahoma. Selma. Oh, oh no, it's not um, about the flooding in. Uh, New Orleans. It's not that. No. Right. no, no, no. So it's That's again connected to Martin Luther King. Yeah. Right. In the March of Selma. Oh, okay. But it goes through, it's, it's like a two kids, a, a, a woman and her two kids go to visit a John Lewis and he tells them the story, effectively, of his life and where he came from and how he ended up a, with a Dr. King and everything. Right. 
but it's like three books now or something like that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. three out now, yes. Yeah, it's only the first one that I've read. I've never I've not read the second or third one yet. But it's very well put together. I mean the art is fantastic and the story's just so compelling to sit through and, 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 and read, you know, you just keep going and keep going mm. and keep going. It's one of them you can't you can't get go read it for two minutes and you're stuck on it for the next five hours. Right. Not one to read just before going to bed because you won't sleep. <laughs> well, I don't. I didn't anyway. I ended up. I, I I only went to go read like the, maybe the first couple of pages and I ended up actually sitting up all night and finishing things. So yeah, still haven't got around to the second one yet. But I think that's mainly because I'm trying it's to set one. myself some time aside to actually do it. But yeah, have a look through. See what you think. That's great. Yeah. I'm just saying could have easily brought from hell but I didn't bother because of it it's massive you know Alan Moore that's massive and yeah, I but I did, no no I did bring others oh, alright okay. um, obviously with the politics of the monarchy and hiding things uh, I think he did a a good job there there's all kinds of stuff in from hell. Now, many Alan Moore comics, he always, there is, he touches many things. Mm. A lot of them than one read, definitely in there. Um, so like in Watchmen, which we haven't mentioned, mm, but yeah. that's another one you could. Watchmen, that was another one that I thought, obviously, this, mm. that's a, 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 a classic one. Mm. I'll get this out of the way, because I brought this as well, not that. I brought Beef of Vendetta as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Should be. Should be uh, a mastery. curriculum reading. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. Just as 1984 used to be. Yes. That is anyway. Transmetropolitan. Yes. Warren Ellis, Derek Robertson. The story of Spider Jerusalem. <coughs> uh, journalist on the one man plus a couple of assistant crusade to truly. Uh, Drain the swamp, should we say, to bring it up to modern political lexicon. Um, who has read it? I've read some yeah, of the volumes yeah. of Transmetropolitan. No. Fantastic, but I've read set, some of them. Set in Not the future. Culture, yeah. So, actually, when I was reading it, there was one of the first things that that came to me were all the great ideas he had about future stuff in here, like even going into buildings and getting sprayed to, to be all kinds of stuff in there anyway Spider Jerusalem what would he make of the media mm. <laughs> yeah okay next mm. the usual you know mm. used to be textbook I was surprised when I heard my niece said that they had to do it or they could do it at school really about I think you know as relatively recently as within the last 10 years. Um, Jeez. Maybe it was just good old Catholic school that, that they allowed maybe. to do it. But, we weren't allowed to do But comics. I thought that was a good thing. Um, yeah. yeah, we were not allowed to do comic books. And I've got to admit, I've only read it once, and I've read it within the past three, four years. No, four years. And yeah, I think it's a fantastic piece of, uh, yeah. of work. It doesn't really need, you know. It's the book that is it the book that put Art Spiegelman on map. 
Was it his first book? His no. First? No? No, it's not his first book. He'd had a big career before that, like in the, the, an underground comics. Ah, okay, that, right. That's this mainstream. was the breakthrough to, yeah. to the other side, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I got... <laughs> He's laughing at me. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. oh, no. Just... And then a couple of books oh, by Joe Sacco. Oh, yeah. Has oh, anyone read Palestine? No. no. So glad somebody wrote about it, though. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful piece of work. I mean, I don't know how long it must have taken to draw this, but it, it's the research that goes into it. He was He spent time there, and this is his graphic diary of, of his time there. And... Um, it won a it won best graphic novel yeah. uh, and an Eisner award I think the same year it beat off Chris Ware and um, someone else at the same time. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Someone Sorry. else. Look at that one. Chris Ware dodgy. No, no, no. He Chris. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I did too. Um, I'm not sure I'd like to beat him off though. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. So it's alright. You just look at your stuff coming. But it got slated. Well, no, it didn't get slated. It it obviously got slated by a few um, self-proclaimed Zionist organisations, merely for the fact that it didn't portray all Palestinians as terrorists. Uh, and it's another one of them books that goes to prove that things aren't black or white they're a lot more grey than anything else mm. um, great book Palestine it was my first book by, that I read by him and then I picked this one up when I was in uh, uh, Amsterdam a couple of years ago because it was a Joe Sacco book called Bump I liked the title <laughs> I liked Joe Sacco have you that one before? Maybe, yeah, maybe when we did like a, a, a new, or what you're reading at the moment, or new yeah. arrivals. Yeah. As you can see, highly <laughs> political from the front page with uh, Nixon. Just like the Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> and um, inside, there's all kinds, because it's, ah. it's a lot more modern, uh, well, a lot more recent than the Palestine book, it's obviously got hints of... Guantanamo mm. ah, stuff yeah. in it, I think, personally. But obviously, you know, there's stuff to do with... That's a, a ah, now-censored yeah. image, isn't yeah. it? The famous one from... She's now a civil Vietnam. rights leader. The oh, loud. Girl, yeah, yeah, you know, running, running through the streets. Yeah. Yeah. She grew up to be a civil rights leader. Oh, girl. really? Yeah, she was in a documentary recently. Um, obviously, he's... Joe Sacco's in it. He, uh, he always... Shows himself in it, in his books. Like he, he's in, he's in Palestine as well. Like a Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. There's some hefty swinging <laughs> going on there. <laughs> he just looks like a British major to me. Look at that. that. Wow. Ooh. That's some work. So yeah, that's, that's Joe Sacco for you. Um, playing his trades. On Fantagraphics, but Bump Volume One. Let's hope there'll be another Volume Two. Won't be too long. Mm. 
Good. David, mm. any suggestions? You mentioned Pagnus, yeah, which is a, a, a very valid... Charlie's War. Charlie's War is a very valid very critique against the British government during the First World War. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You, you did Charlie's War? Mm-hmm. Go to the library okay, and get them all it now. It was against the... The narrative? Yeah, it does. Right. Quite oh, okay. Is it so you, so you, recent or...? Well... They've been doing collections of it over the last 10 years or so. So it was coming oh, up nice. in the 70s and 80s, I think. Maybe it was the 80s. How much of it is there? <coughs> There's like 10 big hardback volumes. And how was it published before? No, I've never even It was in Battle. Remember Battle? Oh, okay, right. So it was in there every week. So it was in Battle and then they've extracted it from there so. and... Put it all in these books. Yeah. Ah, okay. And it was it's the story of a Charlie's like a, an underage boy. Yeah. So now it rings a bell. Now that you said it was in battle, yes. I can remember reading battle and ah, maybe. There you go. Thanks. But it was uh, it was always. Uh, I keep thinking of the example of you know how you hear about people sleeping in the underground stations and, and mm. solidarity and 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 he would put in stuff that was like uh, the police being sent because that was illegal. So the, the police were stopping them doing it, you know. Right. So he's, it's always really kind of well shining a light, a li- yeah, shining a bit of light on the myth of what actually um, happened. Right. Yeah, you know. So it's a really good read. Oh. Maybe not a cheery one. A lot of time, but <laughs> no, but. And Pat Mills did a lot of stuff. I mean, that crisis comic as well. Oh, that was Pat Mills. Is he the he was in 2018? Yeah. yeah. Right. And he's the Charlie's War guy. He wrote that, yeah. Oh, right. And, uh, I liked how he came across on that um, 2018 documentary. Yeah. Even if he did seem a bit kind of... He came to Dundee a couple of years yeah, ago. No. Or should I say he came I back to Dundee a couple of years ago. The artwork in the, the first one is incredible. I'm not sure if he manages to do that one panel a day because that would take him quite a while. In what? In Palestine. Oh, in Palestine, yeah. yeah. He, did a, he did a First World War. It wasn't a comic as such. It was like a big pull-out thing. A big, huge bit of artwork. Did it? It was about the First World War. Um, yeah, it all kind of looked like that. Joe Sacco? Joe Sacco, yeah. It was at that level oh. of, of detail. Oh. What an artist. Is that the one where you actually see the injuries from soldiers in the First World of War? Because I've seen that one in the library. I think you are meaning uh, one of the Dark Tardy. First World War Mm -hmm. gets neglected when compared to the Second World War when it comes to being portrayed in comics, I think. Mike, do you do... Do you lend books or not? Which ones do you want to have a look at? Isn't it good? It's very good, actually. <laughs> it's so nice to see something else by the same. Well, by one. Well, actually, good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. Are you sure? Is that okay? Yeah, thank you very much. Much appreciated. I'll have to see what this is about. Oh, yeah, so anybody got anything new? Yes, but I haven't brought it with me. No, so okay. I'll do that next time. Okay. Because yeah, I've bought a couple of things in Barcelona. Okay. And, okay. 
and in my in my north as oh, well. Yeah. So okay, yeah, I've got a lot. So I bring a couple of things. Anybody want to speak with what they got? I bought. Uh, I, people might remember when I brought the graphic novel made by Paco Roca, The Winter really? of the Artist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I bought another book from him, another graphic novel called Wrinkles, which yeah, I know there's yeah. been a. I know it's been translated in English. Yeah. So I haven't read it yet, but I have it at home. So that's, I bought that. It was a, a Christmas to me. <laughs> I bought that in my own. That's so a yeah, book. That's a book. That's a book. So yeah. Mm. So I got that. So I bring that. So you can have a wee look. Cool. Certainly. I'm afraid it's the Spanish version. So it's, it's in Spanish. So. But yeah. Mm. I bring that across. Certainly. Cool. What is that? That is something, oh. that, is something okay. that my missus nice. got me. My story of the sex. Story of sex. That's fabulous. It's actually, do you know what? I'm obviously not read it yet because I just got it for Christmas. Um, didn't even know it existed, but it looks fantastic. Going through it. Does some see. Yeah, yeah, it's the last yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, it says the little tagline at the bottom from apes to robots. I'm glad it's a less. Good to read in there. That tickles your fancy? Yeah, that's all. That gives some books that she did with more lost girls. Oh, I struggle to read past one page without. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you say me one day I'm gonna get you Druna by Serpieri and then you will have the calor mucho calor mucho I flipped through and she said it and she, she found she saw that it was funny but it was also yeah. it looked really good as well mm. it wasn't just novelty you know it's no. an actual it's yeah. an actual story it's an actual history mm-hmm. of, of sex yeah, it was uh, rather interesting. That's one of the best presents I got. Because mm. it's just so left field. Like, that's, that's incredible. Going through everything, you go, ah, oh, let's jump out of socks. Story of sex. What the fuck is this? Should should stop me because it was only like three presents in and we had a couple, had a couple other ones to open and I'm sitting going, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's like, come on, put it down. <laughs> The emphasis on the graphic. I'll Art. show you later. <laughs> Move on swiftly. Yeah. Well, I'll just well whilst I'm quickly here, I've got the um, the Wes Anderson collection as well. Yeah, a big fan of Wes Anderson. Yes, yeah. all the behind the scenes and all his films. But oh, it is yeah. such a good archive, interesting pictures, and you get an actual. Uh, Description of each film and everything. It's just so good. Oh, we, I suppose there had to be a book like and, that about him, didn't there? Oh, yeah. The only thing is, it doesn't have Grand Budapest Hotel in it. Mm. And I haven't done an updated version yet, but right. look at that. Showing you all the sections of the, the ship. Nice. Yeah. Steve Zizou. I've got a similar book, but it's about Ray Harryhausen. Oof! My goodness. Yep. It's fantastic. I can bring that one in next time as well. Stop motion king. Mm. Of special effects. So good. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's great. Um, Very good. Yeah, Ray Harryhausen, Mm -hmm. that must be good. I got three books by him, and they're both, they're all big, thick, hardback books. 
They're all written when he was alive. They oh, say yeah, that some of the ones that were released after were just cashing in on uh, mm -hmm. on his name, the legend. Sorry, you were cut off, David. What were you saying? Yeah, a present I got was Munch, a graphic novel called Munch. All right, okay. About the artist. I've oh, not, right. I've not read it yet. I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it. Then I asked for it. I just got it as a as a surprise present. So it looks really good. It's watch yeah. the screen artist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just nice. had a flick. It looks good. It's one of these self-made hero books, you know that publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to reading that. Mm. Well, I got the latest Godzilla graphic novel. What? I haven't read it yet, though. I haven't yeah. read it yet. It's uh, it, unlike Godzilla in Hell. This isn't a standalone. It's the beginning of several mm. uh, volumes. So I'm hoping it's as good as the previous six volume I read. Which brings all the classic monsters battling with each other. Nice. But I also got the first two volumes of Doctor Slump, and I've read the first one, and I'm more than halfway through reading the second one. And it was uh, Doctor Slump was written and drawn by Akira Toriyama, who is responsible for drawing and writing the Dragon Ball series. Ah. And Doctor Slump was his big break. He'd done that in 1980. And from then on, he became a famous uh, manga artist. It's very light-humoured. It's uh, very silly, but in a funny way, a good funny way, light-hearted. And the main character is a robot girl who's meant to be the perfect robot girl. But unlike uh, Small Wonder, this is a much more dirty-minded uh, creator. So when, uh, when the doctor um, is uh, putting her head onto her body, she says things like... Uh, why is my chest flat? And she asks why she doesn't have any private parts and she wants to know what it's like to go and poo. So uh, it's got some interesting uh, uh, things in it. Plus there's lots of talking dinosaurs that climb trees and uh, lots of things with wings that fly and can speak English. Uh, or whatever language you've translated into it's It's really fun and uh, it's a very good cheer-up uh, story. Uh, so I do highly recommend Dr. Yeah. Slump if any of you want to read something yeah, that's uh, mature ah. and silly at the same time. I've watched yeah. the cartoons mm -hmm. uh, in the 90s, they were in the, one of the channels mm. in Spain and they were absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. nice. uh, I mean, Not if you, heard of it. well, if you are watching now Adventure Time or, mm -hmm. I don't know, um, Gumball, Adventure of Gumball mm -hmm. or, or the other comics mm -hmm. like that, you should watch Dr. Slump, which was... Ahead of his time. Yeah, the um, original. The original. Doctor what? Slump. Oh, slump. It's like slump. Uh, doctor. Slump. Absolutely slump. hilarious. And yeah, there's a lot of silliness going on all the time. You just, you can't stop. You, you have yeah. to laugh. One of the main themes is that the, the robot, as uh, Arlie, I never guess it, Arlie. She, uh, she's super strong, super powerful, but she's also extremely short-sighted. So she has a very thick pair of glasses on her. Which is a, an interesting uh, thing to give her. Um, so she's often pointing at the main characters and say something like gorilla to her uh, creator. And then you'll put the glasses on and she'll think he's even worse. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, I remember like... In the cartoon there used to be even the cross flying across the screen mm. like an inter... Crow wearing a hat. Yeah, so, I'm a crash! 
I'm a crow! I'm a crow! <laughs> Flying across the screen. I mean, a stupid thing just like that. It would just, you would laugh because it was just... Yeah. Well, one of, the, one of the crows says something silly and uh, one of the main characters, uh, the, the lassie whose name I forget, uh, not, not our Ali, but uh, one of the human ones, she gets this big exclamation mark right above her head and she grabs the exclamation mark and knocks the crow out there. Yeah. And the crow says, this is a really silly manga. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's completely like that. Yeah, it breaks the fourth wall constantly. And it's, yeah, the references to this is my chapter, or I, I'm only supposed to be in one panel. Stuff like that. Um, so quick news things. Uh, Hugh Jackman is apparently, not surprisingly, having second thoughts about giving up the Wolverine role. <laughs> After having filmed Logan and had seen Deadpool and everything, he's now sitting going, ah, this maybe isn't right time I think he's a good Wolverine but the only thing people really get him on is that he's about six foot tall rather than yeah. Wolverine's five foot three yeah he's huge yeah, he's six two and six two yes yeah. <laughs> he's He's six two one inch shorter than Muhammad Ali and George well, Foreman. he's six two thin and it used to be a musical actor. Yeah. Mm. That's, yep. the, that's the main thing. He can sing and dance fantastically well. Mm. It's really good. Yeah. And then he goes all hairy and nasty. Yeah. And he becomes Wolverine, you know. It's, um, so that shows you he's a really good actor. Versatile. Yeah. Versatile, exactly. Yeah. I, I do like and he's an Australian, you know. Yeah. He's Australian, but he's pretend to be Canadian, so. Yeah. The, uh, the other ones were, uh, we were speaking about Love and Rockets before. There is um, one of those collected editions, like the ones that I got from Forbidden Planet. There's a, a new one coming out, Beyond Palomar, uh -huh. which uh, will have the stories uh, Poison River and Love and Rockets X. Ah, the Rodney uh, King one. Yeah. Um, so that's to be released in March through um, Fantagraphics. Mm -hmm. uh, but it'll be one of those big yeah. collection ones, so uh, that's worth a mm -hmm. check out. Um, those Wonder Woman stamps have came yes. out. They're available. Yeah, I've got Wonder Woman. Did you get them? I did. Uh, nice. I them, Are you yeah. going to use them? Nice. <laughs> no, no. Oh, stuck oh, just stuck them on the stamp album. So, it's oh, like the yeah, hammer of Thor she's got. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool, man. They're really nice. So that's Gleef Chan. I, I just bought single ones, you know, I didn't buy a sheet. So you didn't buy a sheet? Four, yeah. four single ones, yeah. Cool. I got two stamp sets for Christmas. One of the Mr. Men, and the oh, other yeah, one, yeah. Uh, sort of done in a graphic novel, the history of the Great Fire of London. Yes. Nice. Can you see that? They were excellent. I think, I think John Higgins drew that. Is he? I think he did, yeah. Good art. They, they are brilliant. Um, yeah. One last thing, because we Ooh. are going to talk about it because... <laughs> <laughs> David goes on, is the new Blade Runner trailer. No, this is just the teaser trailer. Really? What's, what's yeah. Wrong? Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Is it just because... You didn't do Blade Runner films. <laughs> it's already been done. Replicants are like any other machine. This is either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, it's not my problem.
the, the first one just means too much to me. Yeah. No matter what they do, I'm, I'm not going to do it. It's too much. Oh yeah, yeah. They're trying to keep it all in the same place. It's the way he's got the same coat on, I'm like, no, nah, come on. Going into the same building, kind of. No, yeah. no. And this, when you went on the piano, I and if you're caught once. Yeah, I mean, I say no. 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 Okay. Fan to Iconic. That might actually be the first film that I just... I'm not even going to watch that. Bye guys. Cheers. Bye. get in touch for more links to the podcast links to buy our comics and more then go to our link tree at thatcomicsmell.com and please don't forget to rate review and subscribe thank you for listening the music you can hear is by Richter FM and it's the title track from the EP Hibiscus you can check out Richter FM and this EP on Bandcamp YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music.